Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Well, guys, if you turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, now we come to a part that the idea that God has his Holy Spirit, his Holy Ghost. Jesus said to his disciples in John 16, they were all freaked out. They're like, don't leave us, don't leave us. He says, I tell you, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go to the Father, who was he going to send? His Holy Spirit to be with us. And the thing was that the disciples didn't understand at the time was that when Jesus was on the earth in his humbled state, it says he humbled himself to take on the flesh of a man. He went from being with God and he became flesh, it says in verse 16. And he dwelt among us and we beheld him full of grace and truth. The problem with being down here in this fleshly tent that he put on was he could only be in one place at a time. But he was used to being in his God state where he could be everywhere at once. You know, that's one of the nice things about being God. You can be omnipresent. You can be everywhere at once. And his spirit could do the same thing. He says, guys, it's to your advantage I go. Because when I go, I'll send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will be with you. Holy Spirit will teach you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll comfort you. When your faith deepens and you learn that the Spirit of God is not just some esoteric thing way out there, He's real, and His Spirit comes and comforts us. You know, we can go through some hard times down here. Some of you lost loved ones, and your just heart is mourning. The Spirit of God is the best comforter I know. His Spirit just has things He can speak to us in ways that are deeper than words. But He doesn't even need words. He can just like impress on you the answer and you know. He even gives gifts from his spirit. And one of the gifts is called the gift of tongues. The gift to speak in a different language. By the way, in the book of Acts, that's what we learn is one of the first manifestations of God's spirit. When Jesus left, he told them, you guys wait in prayer. And they were praying in the upper room. And you remember, it says that the spirit of the Lord came and appeared as Tongues of fire. And what happened with those guys? After that fire of the Lord touched them, it says they were endued with power to be his witnesses. And they went out into the streets and they began to proclaim the mighty deeds of God. They were all talking about the great things God did. Interestingly enough, though, the whole lot of the group of them, they were mostly Galileans. They were Jewish boys race there in Israel and the people were gathered from all over the world at that time because you had had the feast of Passover leading into Pentecost now and by the way people would make a trek to go all the way to Israel to the temple from all over from Rome Greece all over the known world at the time they'd all come together this wasn't like jump a plane and fly over these guys planned their pilgrimage for years this is a long trek and when they would get there, they usually aimed for Passover time. That was the big holy holiday. That was 50 days earlier. Pentecost comes later. And Jesus had already been sacrificed. He ate the Last Supper, the Passover, and said, this is the last meal I have with you till I eat it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And so he shows himself alive over the next 40 days with many convincing proofs. And then he tells them, you guys wait in Jerusalem till you receive the power from the Holy Spirit. And so they waited. Now, I can only assume from doing the math, since he appeared with many convincing proofs, the scripture says over the next 40 days after he rose, that takes up 40 days, plus he was three days in the grave, that's 43 days from Passover. So there's one week 
Seven days they had to wait and pray. One week later, on Pentecost, day 50, the tongues of fire show up. And these guys get the best present ever. They don't have to study language at all. And they go out into the street and they start proclaiming the mighty deeds of God. But the people, since they were from everywhere around the world, the book of Acts tells us the people were stunned. They were going, how is it that we hear these men speaking in our own language? Cretes, Arabic, all these different languages represented. They're all speaking our language. And, of course, you know what happens, right? A great revival breaks out. Many people come to Christ. And that's just the first splashdown. I call it the stone hitting the water and the ripple begins. The gospel starts to just spread and spread. But it all happened because God gave a gift that is beyond our natural ability. I'm not saying you couldn't have learned the language, but how can you learn it just in an instant like that and become fluent? That's a gift. Now, there's a lot more gifts that I think are even cooler. In fact, Paul's going to tell us that that gift is actually the least of the gifts. And I think that one's a pretty good one. But it's at the bottom. What could be better than that? 1 Corinthians 12 is so cool. But Paul now tells them, he says, now I've got some stuff to tell you guys. I don't want you to be unaware of these things. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware. Do you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, idols that couldn't even speak. You were following after them, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The first identifying mark that you have God's Spirit is that you can call Jesus your Lord. Because even Satan recognizes Jesus as Lord. Satan doesn't say he's my Lord, my master. He's, he acknowledges that. But Paul, is he's writing to Christians. The context is, of course, you understand you calling Jesus your master. You call on him as Lord. You can't do that except that God gave you his spirit. It's just something about our spirit inside of us needs a little bit of help from God's spirit to acknowledge who Christ really is. And so God goes, here's your first gift, just so you know. And this is a great thing for the ones that are just starting out. They go, I don't know if God's spirit's with me. I said, can you say Jesus is your Lord? If you do that, then I know you already have the spirit. What is it that draws the man to God according to the scripture? The Holy Spirit. We've intellectualized faith too much. Past the point of leaving room for God's spirit to be at work. It's more like, well, we worked it out for God. We got this plan and this strategy to get saved souls, and we're going to do this campaign, and we're going to do that. And You know what God thinks of all that, right? What I say? Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord shall direct his steps. How does the Lord direct our steps anyway? By his Spirit. It was his Spirit at work to draw us to Christ in the beginning. So why do we buck against his Holy Spirit? Have you ever been to churches where they don't really... Want to talk about his spirit? Yeah, that was good for back then. They needed it back then, but we don't need those things today. Did you know that there's whole sects of Christianity? And they'd say, well, that was good for them back then, but it's not for today. I'm like, why? You don't need comfort today? You don't need his peace today? The peace that Jesus talked about. I say to you, baloney. The Bible tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Does anyone find it incongruent to think that the Holy Spirit was different back then than he is today? The Spirit of God, would he have changed? 
I submit to you the Spirit of God is still available, giving all of the gifts that Paul's going to mention. I think we overcomplicated the Holy Ghost. God goes, I got a gift to give you. It's salvation through my son. And a lot of Christians come to that knowledge that Christ died for them. And they're like, Yahoo, best present ever. But that's not the only present in God's kingdom. He goes, that's just the first one. Then with that present comes the present of his spirit. This is a seal, Paul writes to the church. He says, God gives his Holy Spirit to seal us until the day of redemption. It's like a mark that says, God's property, sealed, belongs to me. When I read that, I was like, yeah, we're like marked with a seal. It's a spiritual seal. It says, this belongs to God. You're God's property. Did you know that? He gave you his spirit to say, special, marked out for me. That's mine. Some people say, well, but it's invisible. You can't see it. I go, gravity's invisible. You can't see that either, but it still has an effect on you. You can't just say, because something's invisible, it's not real. We know that that's not true. The things of the spirit, we don't see them with our actual physical sight. Doesn't mean that they're not real. And some of these gifts, man, I tell you, these gifts are awesome. Let me show you what Paul goes on to tell them. Verse 4, now, therefore, there are a variety of gifts, but it is the same spirit. One Holy Spirit, just a variety. Come on, parents, we think of different gifts for our kids, don't we? We don't give the same gift to each kid that we have. Now, as an earthly father, the Bible says, as earthly parents, we try to give good gifts to our children. What's it say in Luke's gospel that our heavenly father gives to us? What good gift does he give to us? The Holy Spirit. He gives us all the Holy Spirit. And it's only one Holy Spirit given to all of us. But Paul says that same Holy Spirit has many varieties or manifestations of his spirit. There's one spirit, but a lot of diversity in how he shows up. A lot of cool different expressions. And this is a problem for some people because they like everything in cute little boxes. God's spirit is like this big. All the stuff that he has goes in this box. I don't know to tell you this, but my God is really big. Like bigger than, well, bigger than I could ever be. He's huge. And there's nothing that could contain him. Paul must have wanted these guys, these believers that have only been in Christ like a year and a half, to at least know about these gifts. Let me show you which gifts he tells them. Verse 5, there are a variety of gifts, there are a variety of ministries, but the same Lord. There are a variety of effects, but it is the same God who works all things in all persons. Let's don't get confused. It's the same God at work in all of us. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. God gave his Spirit for the common good. Whatever gift you are given, it's not just for you. It's to help out the whole body, for the common good. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. Another is given a word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Now, what's the difference between a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge? Teens don't ever get this one. They always tell me it's the same. I go, it's not the same. Okay, I'll pick an example. Like you're driving your car and the light comes on. You don't know what's wrong. You just know something's wrong with the car. You say, well, this thing gives me knowledge. There's something wrong. It doesn't even tell you what's wrong. So when that light goes off and maybe there's steam coming out of the hood, you could say, well, yeah, I, I now know something is wrong with the car. Great. Now what some people will do, they keep driving. The difference between knowledge and wisdom is 
Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Knowledge is just knowing something. I know there's something wrong with the car. Wisdom is, what do I do? Granted that there is something wrong with the car. And what's the answer? Pull over, find out what's going on. You might open the hood and go, oh, oh look at that water squirting up. It's kind of greenish and going and hitting the hood and spraying everywhere. Leave the engine running. Is this a good idea to leave it going? No, why? Well, there's a problem. I can see the problem. Yeah, you identified the problem. You know what it is. But wisdom is knowing what to do about the problem. How to respond, granted that that hose is leaking and that your radiator fluid is spraying all over your engine. Now, to you, there is a gift given by God's Spirit. Are all these gifts given to all of us? No. Certain ones of us are given different gifts. And you go, but that's not fair. I wanted all of them. You want them all, but God will give you the ones that he knows suit you. And sometimes he's going to give the gift to someone else around you that you're going to need their participation in your life. But that's his way of making sure you're covered and that they get to use their gift. Maybe they're going to be the one to help you out. Now, he says there's another gift of the Spirit. It's called faith. This is a really cool one because some people just have a great measure of faith. No matter what's going on, they're like, it's okay. God's in control. And if you don't have that gift in great proportion, nothing wrong with asking for it. But even if you don't get it, make sure you get around someone who does have it. I just suggest that as a hint for getting through this life. It's always good to be around someone who has the gift of faith. Because when you're having a bad faith day, your faith meter's a little low, and you get around them, they're like, oh, it's okay, God's got it. I know it's a big trial, but God's got it. He's in control. Isn't it nice to have those kind of people around? When your faith meter's hitting the low numbers and they come along and go, no, it's good. It like pulls your needle up a little. Let me help you out. And God has given that as a gift. Some people just have a great measure of faith. Now, to others, he said there is a gift of healing. This is one when I was a new Christian, I thought, you know, these other ones seem kind of invisible and they're in the mind and you're thinking knowledge and wisdom and Faith, that's like in your heart, but gift of healing, that's kind of like outside your body. You pray over someone, they get healed. Like in the Bible when they were lame and they had never walked and they were brought before Jesus. Remember that guy they lowered through the roof? His buddies went to the trouble to go climb the house and tear a hole in the roof and they lower the guy in on a pallet right before Jesus. And the guy had never walked. I don't know if you can picture this in your mind, but I love that story. Can you just picture a guy he's never walked how big are his leg muscles going to be? Like pencil leg. And the guy is laying there in front of him, and Jesus goes, your sins are forgiven you. And they were, oh, who's this guy that says he forgives sins? How dare he? Just so that you know, the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Just so you know, to help your faith, he goes, rise up and walk. Take your pallet. Get up and walk. And he gets up, picks up his pallet, and walks up. Do you think it would help your faith to see Jesus talking to him, see his little skinny legs, and then all of a sudden, boom, and then he gets up and he walks? That would be a rush. But see, some people say, that only happened back then. Except I've had the privilege to pray for people and have it happen today. With my hand on their legs. And God restore it. And it freaked me out. The irony to me is, is that when it does happen, some of them will go away going, well, maybe they didn't really have that problem. Do you think it just built up the guy's faith that got lowered down on the pallet? Or did it build up his buddy's faith that were up on the roof? Remember they carried their buddy all the way to see Jesus? 
and they couldn't get in because of the crowd, so they made their way to the rooftop. I mean, these guys really cared about their friend. But I bet they were super stoked when he was walking home with them. Can you imagine how their faith felt that they were seeing, wow, it worked. They're probably going, I wasn't sure if it was going to work. If their faith is anything like a normal person, they might have been thinking, well, what do we got to lose? We hear this Jesus can do pretty cool things, but we ain't going to know if we don't try. Let's try. One of them must have had enough inkling to say, let's give it a shot. And the other guys agreed. Now, these are true friends. They went to see what could Jesus do. Would you do this for your friend? You had a friend that was paralyzed and thought, well, let's see. Maybe Jesus will heal him. I mean, that's not hard for God. He took the blind man, made him to see. He took the lame man, made him to walk. To the Lord, none of this is hard. But see, Paul's writing to them saying, there's a variety of manifestations of the Spirit, but only one Spirit. Let's keep the credit to the one that it's due, the Holy Spirit. It's not us. All the credit goes to the Lord. It's Him that was at work. So He gives the gifts of healing. Now there's another gift He gives called the gift of miracles. It's a really cool gift. When He does stuff like multiplies the bread and the loaves, the fishes, feeds the 5,000, or multiplies our food in our food day when we're feeding in the agape breakfast. We don't have enough, and God goes, that's okay. And he keeps spooning it out, and it keeps working, and you keep looking at the line going, this is a big line. And the Lord goes, it's okay. How many believe God does those things, by the way? Too hard for him, right? He goes, oh, gee, that's a toughie. Can't do that. I can only heal lame people, but I can't multiply goulash in the pot. Nothing is hard for God, okay? Remember, we're talking about God and His Spirit here. So just as long as you remember that, all these gifts, you just start going, oh, yeah, that should be no problem. Another gift, prophecy. A prophet, by the way, never says his own mind. He always starts with the lead-in line. Thus saith the Lord. He's just speaking on behalf of the Lord. This is what God would say. Very handy to have someone around in your life that has a gift of prophecy. Especially if you're going, I just wish I knew what God wanted me to do. And they go around them, they go, oh, by the way, the Lord told me to tell you he wants you to do this. Thus says the Lord. I don't know why, it keeps coming to my mind. The Lord says, and you're like, oh, cool. I've been really struggling with that. I'm glad you um, use your gift. By the way, could someone have that gift and not tell you? Oh, yeah, there's some stingy Christians. Like, I got the Spirit, but I ain't sharing. You're supposed to share. That's what this is all about. The gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good. Not for you to hog to yourself. They don't actually do any good when you hog them. They only do good when the gift of the Spirit is used in your life. It operates and flows through your life to help others around you. That's why it was given. I get excited about the gifts. It's like present day, you know, like when you go to Christmas and the stuff's under the tree. We didn't get tired just because there was more presents. We're like, keep them coming. We were sad when they ran out. Except when I talk about the Spirit... And the gifts of the Spirit, this is better than any Christmas day there is. This is spiritual Christmas. And the presents just keep coming. These are just a few of the things that the Spirit of God gives as a gift. But there's more. And some of you, you're going, well, that's a good present, but it doesn't really suit me. Do you think God knows what present suits you? He knows exactly which one will fit you. He says, there's another gift. To another, there's effecting of miracles. Another, the gift of prophecy. Verse 10, another, the distinguishing of spirits. In other words, you have that discerning that King James says, able to tell when someone has an evil spirit or a good spirit. There's no outward way of, you just go around that person and you know. That's a gift. 
Then to another, there's the gift of various kinds of tongues. And to another, there's the gift of interpretation of tongues. You can hear a foreign language and you actually know what they're saying without ever having studied. But one and the same Spirit, verse 11 says, works all these things, distributing to each one of us individually, just as he wills. You know who gets to choose which presents get given out? The Lord. Not us. We can ask. They go, oh, I wish I had that gift. You know, you start talking about certain gifts of the Spirit. Some people, I can tell, they're inclined for that gift. Their ears perk up. They're like, ooh, I'd like that. Now, some of you are going, I'll take that one. And some of you are going, oh, I like the one of miracles, or I like the one of wisdom or knowledge, or being able to interpret a language that you didn't even study. You could have a great gift. I've already told you, these are not all the gifts that the Bible tells us that the Spirit gives. There's a whole bunch more in Romans 12. Mark's gospel, Mark tells us some really cool things that the Spirit does for us. Jude, Jude gives one of the sweetest gifts of the Spirit. He only does one. He covers one of them. And it's something that sometimes Christianity overlooks, but it's not overlooked in global Christianity. In other places in the world where they really have to rely on God to get through the day, they have harder economic times, maybe they're persecuted for their faith, they're much more grateful for that gift that Jude mentions. I'm not telling you what it is because it's got to leave you hanging on something. Whatever gift you do get, I don't want you just to be a gift grabber and then say, I got it. Some people are like, you just keep teaching about God. Well, guess what gift he gave me? Teaching. And I don't want to get in front of him and, and have him say, you wicked, lazy slave. I gave you that gift, but you just went and buried it. Remember that parable Jesus taught? That's not a good thing. I want him to go, well done, good and faithful servant. You took what I gave you, you had the five talent, and you made it into ten. The guy that had the ten, he made twenty, right? He said, you use what he gave you, and he says, you're going to get rewarded. You were entrusted with this small thing. Now be in charge, he says, over these ten cities. There's something to being faithful with what you're given. So those of you that already have gifts of the Spirit, my word to you is, use it this week. Use that gift, because you're given that gift to help build up others. And those of you that want a gift... Maybe you don't know what gift it is God has for you. It's him that gets to decide. Just say, God, give me what you know suits me. He'll pick the right one for you. He'll pick the perfect one for you. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord or at our podcast site, celebratethelord.org. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona. God, I love you, but I don't think you're the things I've said and done just make me feel so ashamed Standing alone I'll never find the peace Chained by my guilt I'll never be released Then you brightened up my world with love and set me free Oh, 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 oh,
Jesus. 